Welcome to Coming Home with Julian Awad, where we discuss salvation through Jesus Christ, a production of Coming Home Ministries. Have you ever felt so tired you didn't know what to do? Completely exhausted? Or maybe you felt like even giving up? I've been there. And it's more than just being physically tired. It's more than just being mentally and emotionally exhausted. It feels like your bones are tired and you can't go any further. You can't take another step. You know, sometimes it's to the point that you actually call out to God for help. That's what I want to talk about today. So let's pray. Lord, we know that in these moments, there's an opportunity for us to to learn, to learn more about you and your ways, especially when we're going through tough times. I want to just ask tonight, God, as we listen in to your word and hear from you, God, that everyone here wouldn't hear me. They would hear you and you alone. I pray, God, you will keep me behind your cross tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, God actually took a day of rest after creating the world. In uh, Genesis chapter 2, he is talking about uh, the seventh day. And it says that, and on the seventh day that God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And you know, that was a lot of work. It was amazing what God did. For him, it may not have created exhaustion like like it happens to us, but he specifically designed the week in a very specific way. And it was with a time of rest. And he made that rest holy. Notice that that's what God did. He took that time of rest and made it holy. It's a time specifically for him. And when we do spend the time with him, we actually reap the benefits. We reap those blessings of spending time with God, like peace, refreshment, and healing, renewal. We get direction from God. And most of all, we get to be in his presence. You know, in fact, he actually even commands us to rest in him. If you think about it, you think about the Ten Commandments, I think it's the fourth one. And if you think of that, God made us in his image and then commanded us to rest. Oh, you think about that. Just once a week, he wanted mankind who he created in his image to take time out, not to work at all but to spend time with him and keep it holy. And keeping it holy doesn't just mean to not do certain things. It's more specific to do certain things, to be in his presence, to be thinking about him, to be spending time with him. You know, and when we do spend that time, he is faithful. He is faithful. 
you know, because we can recharge in him and reconnect with our Lord, that bread of life, that living water. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11 say, to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the visitor or sojourner who is within your gates. For six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's a reminder for us and for our home. Because it's healthy to take that time to make sure our whole household is taking that time to be rejuvenated and to spend time with God and take a day. Because God knows our bodies. He knows our minds and he knows our souls. He knows what's good for us. He's a good father that we can trust. Even in the midst of whatever storm you're in, Whatever is going on in your home, whatever is going on in your marriage, whatever is going on with your family, your parents, your children, in the midst of it all, he wants us to come to him, to not neglect that time of seeking rest in God. It may be that you're at your end point with a certain situation or with everything. And what is that answer? That answer is to go to him. You could be even in the midst of war, like David was. In Psalms 46, verse 10, he calls David to be still. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that he is God. Take time just to sit and be still. Don't be distracted. Unplug from everything. Unplug from the notifications, the dingings, the vibrating phones. Unplug from the television. Unplug from your computer. Unplug from all of those commitments. They'll still be there when you plug back in. Take time and be still before the Lord. When you're exhausted, when you're tired, when you're ready to finally give up and call out to God for health, he says, be still and know that he's God. And what does that mean? When they say that he's God, it means that he's your father who wants to take care of you and knows what's best for you. He's also your creator who knows you inside and out, who's walking through all of these challenges with you. And he's your savior. He's your God, the God that wants the best for you, that has a plan for you. You know, he directed Moses to rest in his presence, and he made him a promise of rest and rejuvenation. Moses had so many decisions to make, so many people depending on him. Some estimates are over a million, maybe two million people, constantly asking him questions, Constantly he was struggling with what to do next and to hear from God. 
Exodus chapter 33, verse 14 says, And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses needed direction and guidance. And he told God, I don't want to make a move. I don't want to do anything if your presence isn't going to follow us. God listened and heard Moses cry out to him. And he promised him that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Those two are tied together. God's presence and his rest. God knows when we are worn out. He knows when we need help, when we need, we need answers, we need direction. We don't know what to do next or when we're calling out to him about a decision that we need to make or when people are crawling all over us and we've had too much. Maybe we just have had too much of what's going on and God knows it. Think about what Jesus went through. He fed 5,000 and they wouldn't let go. They pushed Surrounded him, grabbing him, trying to touch him, pressing on him, calling out to him. And it was like that day after day with people following him everywhere that he went. He had to take time to get away. He knows what it feels like. And he constantly did. He constantly snuck away early in the morning just to be alone with the Father to recharge, to rejuvenate, to allow God to heal him up from the inside out. You know, one of my favorite stories is the story about Elijah. Elijah was an amazing prophet. You know, Ahab was terrorizing Israel. Between him and Jezebel, they were, they were bringing evil throughout the land. And even killing all of God's prophets. Elijah had to go in and tell him that the Lord has told them that by his word, there was going to be a drought and there wouldn't be any rain. Ahab continued to terrorize. And finally, when they were looking for Elijah, Elijah told him, send all of your 450 prophets of Baal up to Mount Carmel. Just an incredible story, an incredible sight, surrounded by all these prophets. And all the people came to see this showdown between God's prophet and the prophets of Baal. And you may know the story. They set up two sacrifices, and he gave them all the opportunities and chances and hours. And they went through, and they prayed and prayed and prayed, and they yelled and screamed. They even cut themselves to call down for Baal to consume and bring fire out of the sky and consume their their uh, sacrifice. But Elijah, when they were finally done, steps up, says, pour water on mine, surrounded them with a trench of water, then went and called on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, called on our holy Lord, and fire came down. And it says that it licked up the water, incinerated the water, consumed the entire sacrifice. He had the prophets of Baal rounded up. And then he declared to Ahab that God wasn't done. And he went and he began to pray as God directed him. He prayed for the rain to start again. 
And he continued to pray over and over until finally the clouds began to appear. And the rain started again at that time. And he told Ahab, better get in your chariot. The rain is coming. And a huge rainstorm even came. And it says that the power of God came over him. And at that very time, that suddenly he grabbed his garments and with the power of God, he even outran the chariot in the middle of a giant rainstorm all the way back to Jezreel. And when Ahab got back, he told Jezebel about what had happened. And Jezebel put out the notice that she was going to kill Elijah no matter what. And suddenly he's scared for his life. After all of that, and it says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3 through 9, that Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he's trying to hide. He came to a broom brush bush, a broom bush, and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. He was done. And this is what he says. He says, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. Have you ever been at that place where you're done? And you're just telling God you've had enough. Lord, you can have my life. Take me now. And that point, God knew. God knew what he needed. He laid down under the bush and he fell asleep. And then it says, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Elijah looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and laid down again. Verse 7 says, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, hey, get up. Eat for the Lord, uh, excuse me, for the journey, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into the cave and spent the night. Sometimes God knows we just need some sleep. Or maybe, actually, we need a snack, too. Some rest and a snack. Elijah needed rest, and his body needed nourishment. He was exhausted. Some of you in ministry know what that's like. You give so much to people. You give so much of your time. You give so much, and you're just exhausted. You've given everything. You need some rest. Maybe you need to eat. Often our souls need feeding too from the bread of life, our living water, from Jesus. We should get into the word of God during those times, those times of rest. And don't reject that call, that call to rest and to spend time with God and to get into his word. We're called into obedience and to follow the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, where they're talking about the rest that being obedient that Joshua called the people to after he took over from Moses. He says in verse 11, this is what 
um, the writer of Hebrews says, let us therefore strive into, uh, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Jesus reminds us that it's not by bread alone. When he was being tempted, he turned and responded in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That word of God is refreshing. That word of God, the bread of life, it can rejuvenate you. It can encourage you. It can heal you. It can give you that power that you need. It can give you that rest that you need. And we are called to be obedient and to rest in him on a regular basis and especially when we're tired. Jesus calls us to rest in him. In Matthew chapter 11, he says specifically to rest in him. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. That may be you right now. Or it may be you soon. And you need to remember this. And it continues and it says, and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, when John the Baptist had been put in jail and finally was beheaded, the disciples went to go and collect his body and bury him, take care of those situations. And when they returned back to Jesus... Jesus directed them to get away. Get away from it all and take some time to rest and take care of themselves. They needed that moment. And I believe that it was a moment for holiness too. It was a moment for them to rest, but also to reconnect with their Lord. In Mark chapter 6, 31, Jesus says to them when they return, come away by yourselves to a desolate place. Remember that, a desolate place, and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. The disciples had been working so hard, and they were surrounded by so many people, and they were doing so much to help out that they didn't even have time to eat. And Jesus recognized what was happening to them, and he tells them to actually go and to get to a place where they can be in a desolate place. And that's a place where nobody's going to bother you. A place that's separated. And what they did is they actually got into the boat and got on the water to get away from everyone. You know, it's in those times where we finally realize it. And I've known people that will go and take some time and actually go by themselves to a hotel or to a resort. They'll just check in for four or five days. And they take that time just to be alone, to eat, to sleep, to be disconnected, and to be with the Lord. Some people do it on a regular basis. 
Some people do take that time to fast and to be close to the Lord. Some people, they just need a day, especially if you have kids. They find a friend or a relative, they take the kids, and they just need to get away for a weekend and go someplace else. I've known pastors that have taken off time from their churches and gone on vacation, gone to the beach, just to be away from it all. You know, we all love vacation for a reason. It's a time to get away and change that monotonous clock, that pattern, that rhythm that we get into while we're working. And God wants us to make sure that we break up that time with a day, at least one day a week to rest. But when you're heavy laden, when you're, you got a heavy burden, Jesus makes it clear to come to him. And he'll give you rest. It's like Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse 29 through 31, that he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Remember, those who wait for the Lord. Those who wait for the Lord. I love this reminder in the Psalms. Psalms 116. It's verse 6 through 13. When somebody is feeling down, he says, The Lord preserves the simple. And when I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my tears, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I love that imagery, in the land of the living. When you felt like you couldn't take another step, he says that, now I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted, I said in my alarm, and all mankind are liars. Everyone's against me. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Amen. When you get in that place, call on the name of the Lord. Let him be the one that will rejuvenate you. Lift up that cup of salvation. Rest in that salvation that God has given you. Even when it seems like you're surrounded by liars, when everybody's against you, Remember, it's him. He will wipe your tears. He will deliver your soul. He will give you rest. And if you want that rest, and you want to have that rest in God and have him revive you, remember what Proverbs 19, verse 23 says, that the fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. If you're not born again, you can't enter into this rest spiritually. You can't enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus says this specifically in chapter John chapter 3, says that to enter into the kingdom of God, one must be born again spiritually and resurrected with new life to become a new creation. So what does that mean to be born again? Well, it starts with the understanding that you need a Savior. 
as it's written, there is no one that is righteous, not even one. That's Romans chapter 3. Because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3, 23. We have to admit that we are all sinners and that we're in need of a Savior, all of us. And once you're at that place, you need to know that God is calling us to repentance. It doesn't just mean to ask for forgiveness, but it also means to turn away, not be a hypocrite. Go the other direction from your sins. Stop living in those sins and committing them over and over again. But to walk in repentance is to turn the other way and go the other direction from your sins. And the reason is, is because in Romans 6, it tells us that the wages of sin is death. That's what we're paid in. We're paid in death because of those, because of the sin that we commit. And all of us have. We've all lied. And if we're being honest, all of us have taken something that didn't belong to us, even if it was something small. But the good news is, is that the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us to reconcile us. And he wants you just as you are. You don't have to fix up your life to come to God. Just call out to him. And then you'll be able to enter into an amazing rest that you've never had before. Call out to him just the way that you are. Let him change you from the inside out. You don't go to the doctor after you've been healed up. You go to the doctor when you have a problem, when you're sick. He's the great physician. So turn your back on sin. Today, call out Jesus to save you. Trust in him for your salvation, not your good, your good works. You can, never make, be, you can never be good enough or have enough good works in order to be good enough to cleanse for your sins and to be good enough for salvation. But instead, declare with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that the perfect sacrifice of his son was good enough and that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Call out to God today. Call out in your heart. God knows what you're thinking. He knows where your heart is and if you're serious about this. And if you want to follow the Lord, but you don't know exactly what to pray or how to say it, just repeat this and follow after me. God, I know that I am a sinner and that the wages of sin is death. I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ as a payment for my punishment. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and I profess my faith for salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Thank you for your grace, forgiveness, peace, and gift of eternal life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, your next step is to dig into the Word of God. Get a physical Bible and download the Bible app on your phone. Read it every day without excuse. Look for a Bible-focused church to get connected with other believers that will help you grow in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Fill my heart with your love Help me share it with my brothers Help me show them you're the one And beside you there's no other
Production of Coming Home Ministries. For more information or to reach us, go to ComingHomeMinistries.net.